0: Coming today on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung.
1: A lot of the mind games that take place around money are also ones that you'll see take place around other aspects. So it's still still all part of kind of that same playbook. Money tends to be one way that a narcissist can use to try and maintain that sense of control.
2: Welcome to another episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I am joined today by Jason Crowley, who is a certified divorce financial analyst, Oh, charter financial analyst, at CFP, CDFA, CFA, all kinds of amazing things. And he also specializes in working with people who have had to deal with narcissists. He has a whole specialty in that area. It's really, really incredible. One of probably the few in the country. Uh, And so he and I have done um, a lot of other things together in the past and we'll continue to work together here going forward. So welcome, Jason. It is such a pleasure to always be working with you.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
2: Yeah, so today's topic Narcissists and the mind games that they play with money, the tricks that they play, kind of endless, right?
1: Yeah, they definitely have a, a bunch of arrows in their quiver in that <laughs> regard in terms of the mind games, tricks, all the above.
2: And it was really funny because you and I had this conversation um, before we got started today and we're like, okay, let's kind of, um, you know, put together our thoughts on what we want to have a conversation about today. Oh, let's, uh, you know, um, talk about which ones we want to make sure we bring up. And both of our number ones were exactly the same which was pretty funny. Uh, and so what was number one? A lot
1: of overlap on our list.
2: Oh yeah, definitely a lot of overlap on our list. Um, but what was number one for both of us?
1: It's strings attached. So spending money with strings attached, anything related to kind of giving with expectations of something in return. And I think one thing I'll just say about you know, a lot of the items on, on our list that we'll talk about today, there's, there's a handful of them that, do come up in regular kind of healthy functional relationships. And so it's not that one of these, one of these tricks in and of itself means that you're in an abusive relation, financially abusive relationship with a narcissist. Um, but when you start to see some of these things add up and you've got a little bit of history and a pattern, that's where you can start to kind of identify that these are some of the mind games that they play.
2: Yeah. I mean narcissists are inherently extremely extremely selfish people um you know they are scarcity mentality to the extreme so they don't like to hurt with their money that's for sure it, you know they're kind of like they go back to that whole toddler's creed what's mine is mine what's your what's your what's yours is mine
1: <laughs> oh you just took you just took my number 10
2: <laughs> <laughs> always number 10
1: That was it what's mine is mine and what's yours is ours.
2: Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, they don't like if they give you anything, there's definitely massive strings attached. Right. I mean, you know, and so what does that mean exactly? If they give you something with strings attached, what, is, what does that mean?
1: It just means they're giving they're giving with something with expectations that they're going to get something in return or that they're giving in order to maintain control. So that's the thing you just have to remember whenever you're dealing with a narcissist, is that really everything that they do is about maintaining control, maintaining dominance. And so even the things that may seem innocuous or like they're, you know, just being generous, they're actually not, they're doing it from more of a, a manipulative point of view. And so whenever, whenever there's, you know, a dinner or a gift or any of those types of things, are there string, you have to ask yourself, are there some strings attached to it? And mm. if you've been in that relationship for a while, you'll start to be able to differentiate between those very, very easily.
2: Yeah, there's something they want or there's some reason behind it like to, you know, get you to do something or to like maintain control over you or something like that. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Okay. And um, withholding is like a huge biggie. I mean, they withhold anyway. They withhold information, they withhold, you know, just like sometimes they just like, they they ghost you on like texting you back or, um, you know, um, just.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, a lot, I think to that point, a lot of the mind games that take place around money are also ones that you'll see take place around other aspects. So it's still, it's still all part of kind of that same playbook, Money tends to be one way that a narcissist can use to try and maintain that sense of control. Um, but these these types of tricks and, and all of these tactics that they use, you'll find them appearing in, in non financially related aspects as well. Absolutely.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, how will they withhold as far as money is concerned?
1: Yeah. So, like, like one example is an allowance. You know, a lot like it's not that there's no access to money because to a certain extent, if there's no access to money, then they may actually be shooting themselves in the foot and lose control because they're forcing you to do something more drastic. So a lot of times what they'll do is, is give a small kind of allowance for all of your personal spending. Usually it's not enough. And you know, we're not talking about a situation like it's really common in families that one spouse kind of takes the lead role with managing finances. Another one may take the lead role with maintaining the household. And there's you know, really a healthy division of labor based on what your interests are, what your skill set is, where do you have experience, all those types of things. This isn't about that. This is about giving you a specific dollar amount so that if you want anything above that, you've got to come back to them and ask for it, and then they're able to again, exert that that um, that additional control, which is certainly going to be a theme of of any and all conversations that revolve around narcissists.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and. You know, another one for sure is sort of like this passive aggressive thing. And I actually experienced it myself in a business partner um, uh, relationship. It wasn't, uh, you know, I haven't been in a relationship with a narcissist in a romantic sense, but I did have a a covert narcissist in a a very short-lived, thank God, um, business situation And um, it was like this passive aggressive kind of a thing where, um, hey, you know, um, weren't you supposed to put the money into this account and, oh, um, you know, yeah, I, I didn't know how to deposit it. You know, I have to ask my bookkeeper. So I put it in this other account, my account, and, you know, a couple months would go by and... Where's the money? How come it hasn't gone into the business account yet? And so I found myself like in this weird position of like, do I ask about it? Do I not ask about it? You know, and then like, I'm sort of like, you know am I like the bad person because I'm like asking about it? And, you know, and then I ask about it. Oh, I told you I needed to ask my business, you know, my uh, CPA about it. I'm definitely going to do it. And they kind of make you feel bad. Like, you know, I'm a good person.
1: (laughs) That's the thing. You start to, you know, the more as as these kind of tactics add up before, once you're able to identify it and name it, a lot of that kind of goes away, but until you really kind of until that's crystallized in your mind, it becomes where you start to question yourself, should I be doing this? Did I do something wrong? Am I making a mountain out of a molehill? All these things kind of start to build up where you start to look internally until you maybe you have kind of that light bulb moment of, well, actually, here's what I'm dealing with. I think that's one of the reasons why everything that you do in terms of your content, is so helpful can be so helpful to people because it really can help someone to identify what some of these tricks are and be able to name that.
2: Well and exactly because especially the coverts like you know what I was just describing because Like when you mention something about that type of, you know, behavior to somebody else, you you know, other people go, well, I'm sure that must've been inadvertent because that person is so nice. Uh, You know, obviously I'm sure they didn't mean it that way, you know, and then again, it, it only serves to make you think you're crazy once again. And, you know, you know, here you go back to feeling like, Um, uh, bad and you're you're ashamed once again, uh, crazy again, you know, and that again, it's this mind game, mind game, mind game. Right. So it's it's exhausting. It is. It is definitely exhausting. Definitely exhausting. Um, Okay. So let's talk about, um, you had some great ones uh, uh, with, um, you know, how, how they, they play this sort of shell game about, uh, where they put, you know, debt and title and in whose name and all that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah. And you're, going I mean, the, those two things kind of go hand in hand. You're, you'll, you tend to, I tend to see when I work, I'm working with clients who, who talk to me about how they're kind of divorced their spouse, their husband, wife, whatever is a narcissist. It's not at all uncommon that I'll see a lot of the debt ends up in, in your name. And a lot of the kind of title to the assets ends up in their name. Uh, this is not something that that tends to happen by happenstance. It's it's really part of the plan to take out credit cards in your name, mortgages, you know, all of the debt. Ultimately, if things go awry and you split, you're gonna be kind of stuck holding the bag. Whereas they'll try and convince you to sign a quick claim deed or an interspousal transfer deed in order to take title to the house and put it into their name or joint. So all of these are all of these are things that are trying to to basically accumulate the good stuff on their side of the, the equation and take all the bad stuff and stick that over on your side.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, and one of the things I've seen before too is like, you know, the 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 good spouse or whatever was like the saver and, you know, saved up all their money. And then the other spouse was like the spender and spent all of their money. And so now they didn't realize that, oh, I'm going to have to hand over half of everything I saved to the, you know, the the person who was just, you know, frittering all their money away. Oh, great. Thanks a lot.
1: Yeah. and that, I mean, I think that, that that's a nice lead in for another one, which is kind of the the, the blame and shame so you know a lot of times there's going to be a real real double standard in terms of how money is spent and in those situations you know you could you could go out and spend money for tutoring for little johnny or you know dance class for sally or you know things that that are really kind of part of the day-to-day and receive a lot of criticism around that Whereas there there may still be and you're so there's they're going to be judging you for spending money in kind of the basic ways, whereas they don't expect there to be any repercussions or judgment around their spending money on lavish vacations or taking trips to Vegas or, you know, whatever, whatever it happens to be. That's another one that I see come up a lot is this double standard around how money is spent.
2: Customers are rushing to your store Customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive your store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business, take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system or Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com/bestlife all lowercase. Go to shopify com slash best life to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash best life.
0: Coming up more on negotiate your best life with Rebecca Zung.
1: To me, the first and most important thing is to be able to name it. You need to be able to kind of come to grips with the reality of who you're married to in a relationship with, have a business partnership with, whatever type of relationship it is, you need to be able to kind of call a spade a spade. Until you can do that, you really can't begin to take any sort of steps to be able to address anything else because you're actually not able to see reality for what it is.
2: When it comes to the safety of a child in a divorce case involving alcohol abuse, there is no compromise. Take back power, strength, and truth from the narcissist in your life with documented proof of sobriety. Soberlink's alcohol monitoring system is the most convenient, reliable, and reasonable way for a parent to provide evidence that they're not drinking when a child's safety is at risk. SoberLink's real-time alerts make it easy to negotiate with any party. Judges rest assured that the child is safe. Attorneys get court admissible evidence of sobriety, and both parents have empowerment and peace of mind. I created this community to provide support for divorced moms like me, which is why I partnered with Soberlink to create the resource Tips for Negotiating with a Narcissist. To download the guide and get $50 off your Soberlink device, visit www.soberlink.com forward slash negotiate. Are you struggling with how to negotiate and win? Maybe you're dealing with a personality that's particularly challenging like a narcissist or other high conflict personality and you're feeling powerless. Make sure to download my free win my negotiation cheat sheet at www.winmynegotiation.com.
0: Take a listen to our archive, where you can listen to more episodes that show you the path to how to negotiate your best life.
2: It's a very fulfilling life, living your life in honor of making a difference for people and them really creating accomplishment for themselves and loving their lives. And that's what it's all about for me.
0: And now we return to today's show.
2: Did you know that Americans spend more than 90% of their time indoors and that in some cases indoor air can actually be more polluted than outdoor air? And that air pollution is responsible for nearly 7 million premature deaths across the world every year. Airborne allergens are the most common allergy triggers such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites and mold. We are so happy to introduce an air purifier that captured the attention of established media outlets such as CNN, Money, ABC, and more. Air Doctor filters out dangerous contaminants and allergens so that your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor is amazing and it comes with no questions asked. 30-day money-back guarantee. So, if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. So, head to airdoctor.com and use the promo code YOURBESTLIFE. And depending on the model, you'll receive up to 40% off. You're saving up to 40% off. Lock in this special offer by going to A I R. D-O-C T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use the promo code your best life. Yeah. And, and another thing, actually, as you're saying this, and, and this kind of goes back to that mind game thing too, is like that sort of shaming you. Um, I mean, you know, there's the double standard for sure, but then there's like that shaming you kind of a thing. Like, you know well you don't get to spend money because you didn't work for it or um or you're just lazy or you're not capable of earning anything or you don't have an education or um or you're just greedy if you ask for anything Uh, You know, something like that, like there's like this inherent sort of thing. And I, you know, I've had a lot of people who will say to me, like, I'm not greedy. You know, I I just, I just want like just enough to like, um, you know, to cover this, or I, I'm not asking for this part, or I'm not asking for that, or, you know, um, I, I'm not asking for any money sometimes. Like a lot of times people will say, I'm not asking for any money. Um, and, and, you know, and, and almost as if that's dirty, like it's dirty to ask for money. Right. Um, and, and, and I'll have to like correct people sometimes and go, what's wrong with asking for money? Like, let's just shift our mindset around that. Let's have a conversation around what's wrong with asking for money if the law provides for you to get half the retirement or you to get half the assets or for you to get alimony or for you to get child support. If the law is providing for that, the law is agnostic,
1: Right. I mean, it really means that that their games have started to wear away at you. They've started to to work. That manipulation is paying off because your sense of reality begins to get a little bit skewed. And you start to see things through the lens that they've kind of created for you. All those different smoke and mirrors really kind of start to skew your own sense of self and what's fair and what's equitable um so yeah and 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 i think the other thing that i see as you were saying all of those things is it actually doesn't matter like it, it no matter what the actual circumstances are they'll find a reason to be able to make you feel shameful even if you're making more money or, or are more successful or whatever it is, they're going to uh, find something, an area of weakness. And they're very, very good at that to be able to kind of exploit whatever insecurities you might possibly have. And if you don't have them, then they'll probably f- try to create them. Um, and that's kind of how they try to look for their prey to a certain extent.
2: It's so true. I mean, I had a client one time who was a doctor. She was a hospitalist. And um, her husband was this guy who had basically been homeless or something. I mean, he was a total loser in a lot of ways. Um, you know, good-looking guy, but really had just kind of banged around, had never really hel- held a good job or anything. And her parents had basically like begged her to come to me, to do a consultation. And um you know he was a con artist he was kind of like that dirty john guy you know um and um she didn't even end up divorcing him you know she she was but in the in during the consult she was like you know this isn't normally who I am you know i i a very very successful woman and here she was like so bewitched and beholden to this guy who just felt like she was nothing without him and truly believed that and here you're looking at it from the outside in you're like are you kidding me like seriously <laughs> I mean yeah but he it takes had, a lot of work
1: it takes a lot of work to be able to kind of peel off those different layers that end up kind of coming on, coming on to you and be able to get back to your true sense of self. Really right. Take a lot of work.
2: And, 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 and just to kind of go back to something you said, you know, a lot of times that shaming and all of that, it hasn't just started during the discard phase or like right at the time of the divorce or whatever it started, you know, back, at the beginning almost of the relationship they've started imprinting and conditioning you to believe that you're nothing without them that no one else loves you like they do that you can't contr- a function without them that you need them in order to 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 function you know like that they have to have control over you they want you to believe all of those things and and, and you know, so that's all part of these mind games. And then so like that shaming that they do, it, you know, for wanting anything for yourself is um, that's kind of started like, I think, a long, long time before sometimes. Oh, absolutely.
1: It, it usually doesn't start right away because if it starts oh, no, too no, the love bomb yeah exactly exactly you got yeah. you gotta gotta get it going a little bit but then af- after they've pulled you into their web yeah that's when they really start playing those games
2: yeah 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 um so all right so what can they do about it let's let's shift to what can they do yeah about it?
1: absolutely I mean I think I think to me the first and most important thing is to be able to name it You need to be able to kind of come to grips with the reality of who you're married to in a relationship with, have a business partnership with, whatever type of relationship it is, you need to be able to kind of call a spade a spade. Until you can do that, you really can't begin to take any sort of steps to be able to address anything else because you're actually not able to see reality for what it is. So that I think is the first and kind of most important thing to do. The second one is holding your cards close to the best. And so, you know, what you need to understand is anything that you reveal can and will be used against you. You know, this is very much like if you're talking to a police officer It's you're not going to say anything that's going to end up helping you in that situation. The more information that you reveal, the more transparent that you are, the more that that's all going to come back kind of to bite you because they're going to use that information. They're observing, 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 and kind of taking mental notes about, well, how can I use this for leverage? How can I exploit this weakness? All of that is really part of the game. So you want to make sure that you, that you aren't more transparent than you need to be and more forthcoming than you need to be.
2: Yeah, totally. I mean, I know like when I decided to try to exit like the business relationship that I was in, I was like, you know, I mean, I, I, uh, you know i told this person i wanted to be out of the relationship but um you know i had to be really really careful about you know how much to reveal about what i was working on otherwise or whatever because i mean you know they need as much narcissistic supply as they can and you know they they attach themselves to you because they want that supply and if there is any supply to be had that's happening around you, they want to make sure that they're not going to be missing out on that. So, you know, you got to be careful about, um, you know, what to reveal there. And, and what did you
1: go ahead? What what, did you have any, any steps that you took that were particularly effective in getting out of it? Was it tough to kind of remove yourself from that partnership?
2: i mean you you cannot allow yourself to be emotionally triggered because they are definitely gonna try to trigger you um and you can't look back i mean I was just talking to a client um the other day and um she was like well maybe because you know the guy was like back into like trying to love bomb her into coming back into the relationship you know and she's like maybe I could just keep him in the love bomb stage i'm like no 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 That is not happening. They don't like the love bomb stage. Like, you're not going to be able to do that. If you Um, figure that
1: out, let us know.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Like, no, it's not happening. You know, so like, I, I mean, I just was like, no matter what, I'm moving forward and I'm getting the hell out of this thing. And, you know, and it always gets worse before it gets better. And they're always horrible at the end because they don't want to see their, their narcissistic supply walking out the door.
1: They feel Um, the control slipping through their fingers.
2: Well, yeah, they're feeling their supply walking out the door. I mean, it's like they're vultures. And so they're seeing their food source like leaving. Yeah. Um, and, And it's funny because they're horrible to you. And yet they want you to stay like, why would I stay when you were horrible, but yet that's you know how they are, um, but you know you just got to keep going and not look back and 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 then cut off all forms of communication. Like every block them on every single platform. And, you know, and really for me, like, I just tried to, like, not even have any communication with anyone who was in communication with that person. Like, I, I really tried to do that as well um, so that, you know, there was no possible form of communication. Um, that, that's what worked best for me. But, um, you know, I was lucky, I, I you know, it wasn't a romantic situation and, um,
1: no kids, there were all these kind of, all of this different entanglement that you can't find a way to truly sever.
2: Right, 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 right. Um, So, you know, I mean, when it's a divorce situation, it's like, I'm sure so much worse, so much worse. Um, So, um, so what else can you say? uh,
1: Other steps. I mean, I think, you know, it's, it's really is kind of a cat and mouse game. And so, in that sense, you know, the narcissist is the cat and you're kind of you're the mouse. And so you really need to understand, you don't want as a mouse, you don't want to become a cat, but you really need to understand how a cat thinks, how they operate, how they pursue their their prey um, in order to be able to stay one step ahead. Uh, there was someone that I was uh, interviewing at one point around kind of financial abuse and narcissistic relationships, and and the analogy that she used with with the victims of of the, this financial abuse was that of a rose. And so the idea there was, you know, a rose has thorns. A lot of people when they're when they're leaving a narcissistic relationship and trying to get out, they end up kind of overcorrecting. They have a tendency to overcorrect in the other direction. And so now they kind of put up all of these defense mechanisms because you start to understand that that you're by being vulnerable, that's what kind of exposed you to this relationship. And so I really, I really like the analogy that she used with the rose and the thorns because a rose is a rose and it has thorns. And so the the idea there is you can kind of be you want to be able to identify the people that you need to have your walls up with that you aren't vulnerable with that you don't reveal information but you don't want that to seep into all of your other relationships that are good quality relationships with people where that vulnerability really is what enables you to have some of those close relationships so it's not that you're changing your identity it's that you actually have both of these things you have the beautiful flower and you have the thorns and so i thought that was kind of a really powerful um, compelling metaphor in a sense
2: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we carry them and we bottle them up, it can definitely affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get them off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I know it's definitely been helpful for me in learning how to deal with past trauma and set boundaries and be the best version of myself. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's super convenient because it's all online and flexible. Just Fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash negotiate today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash negotiate. Yeah. I mean, I would definitely say, you know, gather as much financial information as you can before you leave the house if you can. Um, You know, stockpile cash.
1: Definitely stockpile
2: cash. Definitely, you know, go around them if you can, like by just going straight for the subpoenas and that sort of thing rather than you know, trying to get it out of them through a request for productions or something, you know, because they're always going to play this stupid game of giving you part of it or not giving you it at all, whatever. Um, For sure, you know, there's always going to be this little, um, you know, um, game uh, as far as giving you document d- documentation during the actual court case for sure
1: and you need to um, decide in that sense of like what's the right path you know does does mediation make sense if you're divorcing you know an extremely rigid narcissist or are you really just setting yourself up for a situation where you kind of are going to have to have a choice of kind of agreeing with all of their demands. And even then they're gonna kind of move the goalpost, move the goalpost, move the goalpost, because the closer they get to done, the closer they are to, like you said, losing some of that narcissistic supply.
2: Well, I mean, if you have enough leverage, you know, through the slate program, maybe mediation will definitely work. um, but it just depends, you know um sometimes uh, it it's a good idea. I mean, a lot of times it's a good idea,
1: yeah, and it's, um, I think it's not one size fits all, right? so i I, yeah. I don't mean to imply that mediation is not a good path um in that's in that type of situation. It's just you really have to be realistic. And you have to be um, ready. Think, you have yeah, to be ready. For yeah. Sure. There's a lot of situations where it's where someone's self represented or mediation, and they spend so much time and money trying to make a process work that just may right. not have a chance. You
2: definitely have to know what you're doing. For exactly.
1: Sure. Exactly.
2: All right. So, where can people learn more about you?
1: Sure. So, uh, you can go ahead and check us out on uh, survivedivorce.com. That's kind of our, our nationwide website where we just have a ton of different information, resources, et cetera, about how divorce works in all 50 states and a lot of the financial stuff, emotional stuff, legal stuff. We've really invested a ton of time, effort, and money into putting that stuff together. That's, that's just a resource. Um, so that's probably the best place. And then if you're in California, we also have a um, divorce mortgage advisory company Uh, and a divorce financial planning company. So one is at divorcemortgageadvisors.com and the other is divorcecapitalplanning.com. And that's our divorce financial planning um, and financial mediation firm.
2: All right. We'll make sure to drop links to everything uh, in the show notes. Definitely check it all out. And thank you, Jason. You are awesome. Definitely understand narcissists and, and their money. So thank you so much, Thanks for having me. You guys check out all his stuff. Thanks, Rebecca. Thanks for stopping by and listening to this episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zong. Check back next Monday for more inspirational pearls of wisdom. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, I'd love if you would give it a five-star rating and tell me what you liked in a review on iTunes. Also, be sure to grab your winning negotiation cheat sheet at winmynegotiation.com. And remember, today is a perfect day to start negotiating your best life.